The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Rev. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Rev. Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Thank you for tuning in. And make sure that you have the book that we're covering during this series. I'm in the midst of teaching How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God by William Warch. I'm teaching it chapter by chapter. And this book is written on the theory of uh, of the 12 powers of man, which is a metaphysical Bible interpretation given by Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore, who believed that, that there was a deeper mystical, metaphysical, and allegorical uh, interpretations of the Bible. And Jesus and his, his 12 disciples and and Israel and his 12 sons, et cetera, et cetera, represent inner latent spiritual and mental faculties within every person. So what I'm doing is really looking at this concept and bringing it down to some real practical everyday uh, lessons so you can use them to help transform your own experience. In other words, I'm teaching this subject as how your consciousness works. So let's get right to it. I'm on the chapter judgment in the book. I have the 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 book that's copyrighted is 1976. I know it's a couple of copies out there floating. So your page might not be my page, but the first page of the judgment, the book states that judgment is my ability to discern, evaluate, and make decisions. It also says judgment allows divine wisdom to flow through me. So I want to go back for a moment and just deal with the term judgment what these statements mean before we go into the chapter and use some other information as well to help support what the author is presenting. When people study the concept of the 12 gifts from God, 12 powers of man, 12 latent faculties, 12 mind powers, you hear this type of terminology, uh, the, the same thing taught different ways depending on who's teaching it. It's something that's really unique to the unity brand of new thought. Now, everybody might not necessarily be associated with unity, but if they're teaching the 12 powers of man, 99.9% of the time, they got it from unity. Therefore, 
it's important to realize that when you use information, when you're studying something, it's good to study how different people in the same movement taught it so you can get a glimpse of you know, some of the nuances of the theology. One of the things that a lot of people do when they teach the 12 powers is they call judgment wisdom, which was not the name of the original faculty. It was always called judgment. If you read Charles Fillmore's book, 12, the 12 powers, originally the 12 powers of man, or Christ enthroned in man, which has now been combined with 12 powers of man to make the book, the 12 powers. What that, what they did was they always called the, the faculty judgment along the line, down the line, people start calling the faculty wisdom. And, and right now that tends to be the consistent term that's used. I think one of the reasons why, and this is my opinion, I don't have any uh, facts or data to back this up is that the term judgment needs a PR person because, you know, you know, people are quick to say, don't judge. Jesus said, don't judge, et cetera, et cetera. So people sometimes think that judgment means criticism. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, so when Jesus was like, judge not, he was talking about how people use it from the form of criticism, judge not. So you will not be judged. In other words, how we get over in somebody else's business, how we have opinion about other people's lives, how we're trying to dictate and and create value or lack of value or meaning in other people's experiences. And he was saying that what you put out, you're going to get back. That's all. That's all that means. But Jesus also is attributed to saying judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, Jesus said, judge not. And then he says, don't judge by appearances, but judge righteous judgment. So, but when you, when you understand that you can have the same word and you can use it differently, depending on the context, just like any language, then it gives us some insight into realizing we don't have to put the word judgment down. We just have to make sure how, it, how are we using the word? If I say, I'm going to lie down. That's different than saying X, Y, Z told me a lie. The same word lie is being used, but they're being, but they have different meanings depending on the usage spelled the same way, et cetera, et cetera. But depending on how it's used will determine the meaning. Therefore, I'm going to consistently use the term judgment in teaching this subject today because I wanted you to get across, I want to get across to you that judgment is your ability to discern, evaluate, and make decisions. Because until we realize that judgment is our ability to choose for ourselves, that judgment is the ability to discriminate, and discriminate not in the sense of prejudice, but discriminate what is best for us and what's not best for us and that which concerns us, then we're always at the whim of other people's beliefs and opinions and biases and actions. You have to know how to choose. You got to learn how to decide. And part of decide or decision means to cut off. So we're going to consistently work with the term judgment today. Now, it says judgment is my ability or my power to discern. Okay. You know, that allows me to see and evaluate and work through it and, and contemplate and, and, and see it. So, you know, and so when I'm discerning and evaluating the process, sometimes, you know, one of the things that judgment does is it allows you to, to, to take the information that you have and make a decision based upon the information at hand. What judgment also has the ability to do according to the next Definition judgment allows divine wisdom to flow through me is to tap into a higher level of intelligence, the God intelligence, the omniscience of God, to guide you in ways where the facts and the data don't necessarily match up, but you're being intuitively led. So judgment has has the ability to do both. Matter of fact, on page 22, under the preview, it says judgment has two functions. Drawing upon spirit for guidance 
and conclusion making. Again, I'm going to read that again. Judgment has two functions. Drawing upon spirit, which should always be first, for guidance and conclusion making. That's key. So at any at all times, your judgment faculty can call on spirit as divine wisdom to guide you. At the same time, your judgment can make conclusions, which then transitions into choices and decisions. Number two, it says, in listening for guidance, judgment is used in three ways. Discerning, evaluating, and decision-making. Again, I'll read that again. In listening for guidance, judgment is used in three ways. Discerning, evaluating, and decision-making. So when you are looking for guidance, it'll allow you to discern. In other words, see what's really going on. See, sometimes everything is not apparent. This is why Jesus said, judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. Because everything isn't apparent. Everything is not what it seems on face value. Everything is not what it seems surfacely. Judgment allows you to tap into your discerning power, the wisdom of God in you, to be able to see what can't be seen. You know, it reminds me of a cartoon when I was a, uh, a little kid uh, called the Thundercats, and the 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 head of the Thundercats was a character named Lion-O, and he had a sword he called the Sword of Omens. And if he held the sword up to his eyes, the sword would wrap around his eyes and he would say, sword of omens, give me sight beyond sight. And what he could do when he did that exercise was he could see visions. He could see things that it, that would happen, prophetic things, things that are happening in the future, things that are happening in other places, things that he needed to know before he should have known it or without any other way of knowing it based upon his five senses. Well. Your wisdom faculty, your judgment faculty, your discerning ability within you is your sight beyond sight. You have the ability within you to 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 be able to know and not know why you know, but you know. It allows you to evaluate. In other words, what's best for me in this process? That's why I meant from the term discriminate. What's best for me? What should I do in this? Because, for instance, somebody can have a great idea, and it's not for you. And you got to know the difference. Somebody could be going a different direction that will lead you into some things that are not necessarily some things you want to get involved with or in or with people you don't want to associate with. And you have to be able to evaluate people, places, and things so you can determine what's the best decision to make. Because this process allows you to really, really get into understanding I have the ability to discern, evaluate, and make decisions based upon the wisdom of God. Number three, it says, Proper exercising, that's key, proper exercising, which this chapter really goes into explaining. And I would also remind you, if you don't have the book, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God by William Warch, I am requesting that you order it so you can follow along. Proper exercising of judgment reveals that divine wisdom and your intuition are the same. Again, proper exercising of judgment reveals that divine wisdom and your intuition are the same. So whether you call it your intuition, whether you call it your first mind, whether you call it your gut feeling, whether you call it something told me, it's the divine wisdom and intuition of God in you. That's important to know. Now, I was going to save this for later, but I might as well cover it now. In metaphysical biblical symbolism, James, son of Zebedee, represents the judgment faculty. 
that that has that inner wisdom, that intuitive knowing within you. And Charles Fillmore's metaphysical Bible symbolism, James, son of Zebedee, has is active around or faculty is active physically around the pit of the stomach. Now, I want to remind you that at times when things are not necessarily going the way you think they should go or something's just not right, many people have the experience of feeling it in in the pit of their stomach, in the solar plexus area. Something is just not right, and you feel it deeply. And you say, I feel, you know, you know, deeply in the pit of your stomach, deeply in your solar plexus area. When something's off, when something, when you shouldn't be with somebody, when you shouldn't be doing something, when you shouldn't go there, you'll feel something. That's your intuition trying to wake you up to pay attention to it. So that symbolism works very well with the body because the, the body's inner wisdom is, is working at an unconscious level to work through and get your attention. Sometimes you'll know something with your body because of this faculty in, the, in your gut that your head doesn't know. And I can get deeper and deeper into that, but I don't want to, you know, exhaust it. That's why you have the book. And again, you know, get the materials and et cetera, et cetera. And I went through in the first uh, uh, episode on this series, I went through a series of different materials you could get to help support your study of this subject. So I don't want to go through all of that again. Now, if divine wisdom and your intuition are the same, that means that the divine wisdom that creates that created the manifest and unmanifested universes, in other words, the material and the spiritual, that same wisdom flows through you as your intuition. So the same God that can create the earth to be just close enough to the sun to where it keeps it warm, but not too close where it burns it up and no life can live. That same God that is the same in God and God intelligence that works through you. This is one of the reasons why meditation and prayer is prayer are so important because it taps you. It connects you with your own innate faculties from spirit. People who will pray and meditate to support their study of spiritual literature tend, I don't say always, tend to connect quicker to their inner knowledge, to their inner wisdom, to their inner healing power, to their inner prospering power. Because you're making decisions and they're sticking. Now, we're not long for my first break, so I do want to remind you that this show is supported by your donations. And as you have freely received, freely give. We want to make sure that Unity Online Radio can send this message out to everybody all over the world. It might be people in Afghanistan. It might be people in, you know, in countries in Africa where they might have one computer in the whole village or they have to walk 50 miles to hear a show on Unity Online Radio. Or someone in a in a country in uh, Central or South America who hearing this message gives them the power and, and helps them connect to their own power and gives them hope to go forward and understand and express God in their lives. What I'm saying to you is your support matters. Make sure that you support Unity Online Radio. Sidebar, also make sure you go on. If you're on Facebook, go and like my page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. We're going to make sure that we help. I spread the word about this show and support you in your spiritual growth. We're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms with Galen McDowell. I also want to remind you that you can connect with Christ Universal Temple through our website. Our website address is www.cutemple.org, www.cutemple.org. You can watch our stream. You can watch some archive videos. You can get see what the ministry is about. You can hear Reverend Wells present a marvelous lesson. You can hear our fantastic choir. You can find out all the things that are going on. If you if you're in the Chicagoland area, I invite you to stop by and check us out. I also invite you if you're not from the Chicagoland area that if you're ever in the area, stop by. I also teach a, a class called Mastermind for Success, which which you have to register to be in. But if you live in the Chicagoland area and you want to uh, audit it, contact me through my Truth Transforms uh, at, uh, with Reverend Galen McDowell, Truth Transforms. That, it's on Facebook, that Facebook page. Find it, inbox me, let me know that you're coming, and so I can make preparations for it. That's a, that's a, that, that's only good for one one class, though. If you like it after that, you would have to register for it. I've only taught three classes. I'm teaching the third, fourth class, and it's a 12-week semester. And then the next semester, I'll be teaching it, and I'll, I'll be teaching it in the fall as well. We're teaching people the techniques, the principles of success to live the life that they desire. All right. I'm reading from now from the Revealing Word, which is a dictionary of metaphysical terms and by Charles Fillmore. And I'm reading from page 113, and this is on judgment. I just want to give you a little extra material. Mr. Fillmore wrote that judgment, the mental act of evaluation through comparison or contrast. So that's one aspect of judgment. It's the ability to evaluate through comparison or contrast. And that's good to know. Okay, do I want this or do I want that? Why? Et cetera. Is this best for me or not? Why? Uh, spiritual. He also says a spiritual discernment, which means, again, the ability to see what's not obvious. The, that's, that's a key component of the judgment faculty, the ability to see what's not obvious. That's your inner wisdom. That's the divine intuition. He goes on to say, the inner voice through whose expression we come into a larger realization of ourselves. 
So it's also that inner voice, that intuitive knowing, that wisdom, that that I don't want to use the term intuitive knowing. Mm, intuitive knowing in the sense of knowing, not intuitive sense knowing in the sense of understanding, because intuitive knowing at that level is the understanding faculty. But the inner voice from the standpoint that's that's guiding and pushing you to greater express who you are spiritually. He goes on to say, judgment is a faculty of mind that can be exercised in two ways, from sense perception or spiritual understanding. So he's basically saying you can work it from um, your human intellect, your, 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 your five senses, what you believe is possible for human beings, what you believe is possible based upon how you were raised, your gender, your race, your age, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can base it on spirit. But we get to choose. We always get to choose. That's one of the things, you know, that, you know, I really try to get across to people. One of the things that we're doing in my class on Wednesday nights is we talk about 100% responsibility. And one of the ways we do that is we have a little uh, saying we borrow from the book, Success Principles, our textbook for the class. And it, and it is basically E plus R equals O. E plus R equals O means event plus response equals outcome. Event plus response equals outcome. It doesn't make a difference what the event is. My response will determine the outcome for me. That's me taking 100% responsibility for my life. E plus O, I mean, E plus R equals O. Now, moving on, it goes on to say, uh, in the revealing word on page 211 under wisdom, 211, excuse me. He, he writes, intuitive knowing, so he uses the term, intuitive knowing not as comprehension, but just you know that you know. Because the understanding faculty, when we get there, I, I separate it this way. I say wisdom knows, understanding knows why. And when we get to the understanding faculty, I'll explain what that means. But wisdom knows, understanding knows why. Two different, two different things. All right. Intuitive knowing, spiritual intuition, the voice of God within is the source of our understanding. Mental action based on the Christ truth within. I love that. Mental action based on the Christ truth within. So if we're thinking in wisdom, if our judgment faculty is, is functioning in wisdom, then that means that we're basing our mental action, which is thinking, thoughts, feelings, thinking, is based upon the Christ truth within, not with what the three-dimensional world is telling us. It goes on to say wisdom includes judgment, discrimination, intuition, and all the departments of mind that come under the head of knowing. This knowing capacity transcends intellectual knowledge. And that's key. This knowing capacity transcends intellectual knowledge. Now, why is that key? It's key because they, you're going to bump into some experiences in life where you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know how to handle it. You're not going to know what to say. But if you can get your mind still, turn within to your own spiritual nature, your own Christ truth. The wisdom of God will give you what you need to say, tell you what you need to do, who you need to see, and how to handle it. And it won't be based upon what you know intellectually, what your personality knows. It'll be based upon what your spirituality knows. And you might not be able even to duplicate the process. Somebody says, why are you doing this? I don't know. I'm, I'm trusting something higher and deeper within me that when I trust it, life works. And when I don't, it doesn't. See, we all have examples of when we did things and it worked. And then we don't duplicate them. 
I tell people all the time, how do you lose weight? Everybody knows diet and exercise. It's not a secret. If you if you want to lose weight and keep weight off, you have to have a, you have to lower your intake and you have to increase or begin physical exercise. Now, that's common knowledge across the board. Why is there so many people dealing with health-related issues connected to obesity? When everybody basically knows it's diet and exercise because they haven't used the judgment faculty to choose it, one. And then when we get to the will faculty, they haven't made an executive decision in the mind that they're going to do it no matter what. And three, they are not using the strength to stand on that which they decided upon. These faculties are meant to work together. That's why I say that the 12 powers really mean how does total consciousness work? That's my spin on it. If I'm studying this subject, I'm really only studying how my consciousness works. And we have all of this biblical symbology. We have all these metaphysical terms. We have all of these scriptures we read. We have all of this stuff only to really study how consciousness works, whether you call it the Bible or you, if you're Jewish, you call it the Tanakh or Hebrew Bible, just what the Christians call Old Testament, whether you call it the Quran, whether you call it whatever the religious book of your culture is, the different books, it, the various versions of Buddhism. I, I don't want to mispronounce the book with Hinduism right now, but, but it's two major books that they study. You can be a person that's studying Church of Latter-day Saints. It doesn't matter. You only study with the, with the Book of Mormon. You're only studying your consciousness. That's it. That's it. You could be Christian Science and studying Science and Health and Key to Scriptures. You're studying your consciousness. You could be reading Ralph Waldo Emerson his magnificent essay called Compensation, and you're only studying in your consciousness. See, but what what we in the New Thought and metaphysical realms, but especially the New Thought movement, what we've done is we've peeled back the layers and to, so you realize that you don't need to get caught up in the narrative to understand that this is only talking about how you study your own consciousness. Every character, every place, everything, every experience is teaching me in these different books that people call sacred. Only teaching me how to work with my own consciousness. How to work with my own being as a spirit, soul, and body. It doesn't make a difference what the literature is. If a person puts, if if I had adequate time and work, adequate time to do it, I can take almost anybody's quote-unquote, scripture and apply the same basic metaphysical principles to them and get similar results as I would with the Holy Bible because it's principle. And I'm only studying how consciousness works, nothing else. This is the part of what that I want you to get because when you realize this, your discernment allows you to develop the ability to get right to the principle. One of the things that uh, a term I created some years ago, um, and actually now we have a class in the UFBL, Universal Foundation for Better Living Centers, around the term, is developing metaphysical eyes. I used to tell my students in my Bible classes, I said, the purpose of me teaching you is not for you to learn how to lean on resources alone. I want you to develop Metaphysical eyes. So when you're reading the scripture, your brain automatically starts to interpret it based upon spiritual principles. When you see life, experiences, 
You're not looking at them based upon your human personality or prejudices, likes, dislikes, biases, upbringing, ethnic background, uh, you know, nationality, gender, age, financial level, health, etc. You're only looking at what the principle is or what principle is being violated. And not being violated, meaning being broke, meaning that when a person doesn't understand how consciousness works, it produces as these things. That's a part of your judgment faculty. The ability to discern. So when you're reading something or you're in the midst of some situation or circumstance, if you don't really know what's really going on, you might not have all the facts. But if you don't really know what's going on, you can get lost and you can play yourself out of position. It's sort of like playing chess with, with a blindfold on. It's kind of hard to win that game. And it's kind of hard to win the game of life without the ability to utilize your intuitive knowing. Very difficult. I'm not saying impossible. Just very difficult. Because the wisdom, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm off of my script and I'm on it. The gift of wisdom allows you to be able to to see and then see beyond it because it allows you to look harder. This situation, this circumstance is coming up and you know something is not right or intuition is telling you opportunities are available. The world is telling you that they're not. The world is telling you, you, you know, you, you know, people aren't getting jobs. Or if they do, they're getting low-paying jobs. Or people can't take care of their responsibilities and, and et cetera, et cetera. But your intuition is telling you opportunities are available. Opportunities, are t- your intuition is guiding you in the ways to where no matter what, your prosperity is ensured. Because believe me. I remember Reverend Coleman used to tell us that the law must fulfill itself. That that which is yours by right of consciousness must be yours. She used to drill us with that. That which is yours by right of consciousness has to come into your experience. The whole universe has to shift to make sure you have which is yours by right of consciousness. Well, either way, we call that good, bad, or indifferent. So when intuition is telling you this is yours, then you have to choose it. That's still your judgment faculty. Good is possible. Are you willing to choose it? Health is possible. Are you willing to choose it? Prosperity is possible. Are you willing to choose it? Loving relationships are possible. Are you really willing to choose it? Choose them. Opportunities are possible. Are you willing to choose the opportunities? It's possible. Are you willing to choose? That's your judgment faculty. If God as wisdom can put you in the right position. But back to the book on page 22, you still have to discern, evaluate, and make a decision. On page 23, it states it this way. It says, you need to be aware of a special quality about your judgment making. It has rapid fire action. Whereas faith and strength have a duration involved in their development, making judgments is instantaneous in its effects on your consciousness. Now, we're going to unwrap that. So when I come back from this last break, what we're going to do is we're going to unwrap that statement. And I know I probably won't finish this chapter, but that's okay because you have the book and you're supposed to be reading it. Not, I'm not reading the book to you. I'm pointing out some key points to help you discern the material beyond what you might be seeing currently. So let's be mindful. When we come back, I'm going to deal with this rapid fire Uh, effect of judgment on your consciousness we'll be right back with truth transforms
wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin, on healthy living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it. That you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. If I were brave, I'd walk the races Where fools and dreamers dare to tread And never lose faith How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have a caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Yes. Hi, what's your name? Karen. Hi, Karen. Where are you from? Uh, Georgia. All right, Karen from Georgia. Uh, what's your question? My question is, you had you, when you were speaking about wisdom and you said God is wisdom, my question is, is that makes it sound like God is outside of me, and so it's something that I have to, like, you know, reach for to get versus God being inside of me, then it would be, you know, I am wisdom or I am whatever, I guess. That's my confusion. I, I have a hard time um, understanding the difference between the two. Okay. Well, well okay. Well, I'm going to give the answer as I understand it. I'm not saying this is the answer, uh, but I'm going to give the answer that I understand it, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, human thinking doesn't like paradoxes. You know, um, you know, God as grace, God as law. You know, things like that. How can God be divine law and God also be, you know, unlimited grace? That paradox throws us off at times. You know, when we talk about God as omnipresence, we say God is all the presence that there is. Uh, And we also say that in New Thought that God is within you. Now, which one is right? They're both right. God as universal a universal principle is omnipresence. God as the I am is individual you and me. So our point of contact with the universal is through the individualized expression. So you, Karen from Georgia, along with every other human being, is an individualized expression of the one. Just like, as Eric Butterworth would say, and borrowing from uh, H.M. Lecady, the the wave is one with the ocean. No one would say that the wave is the totality of the ocean, but the but the wave has all the elements or qualities that the ocean has. So being the image and likeness of God means, yes, the wisdom is in you. 
The love is in you. The power is in you. The imagination is in you. Absolutely. And we live, move, and have our being in the totality of God. But your point of contact is your own true spiritual nature, your threefold being, your spirit, soul, and body. The body part we're familiar with. The soul part, aspects of it we're familiar with, the intellect, the personality, some of our, you know, um, things that color what we call our human personality. And there's the aspect of us called spirit or the Christ or the I am or the or the God's idea of itself, et cetera, et cetera, that we don't necessarily always have a good working relationship with. So part of what we do in understanding metaphysics is is to realize that there is God as universal principle. And then there's God as individualized expression. And it's all one God. So we're all one. But individualized expressions of the one. So there's one life, but there are expression where we're all expressions of the one life. There's one intelligence, but we're, we're all expressions or utilize the one intelligence that we call God. There's one substance, but it shows up in a in a myriad of forms. So so I'm not saying that you'll necessarily get a comprehension of the paradox. What I'm saying is if you're wondering where the wisdom is, the wisdom is within you. And the wisdom is without, outside of you. And the wisdom is above you. And the wisdom is beneath you. And the wisdom is before you. And the wisdom is behind you. Because you live, move, and have your being in God, through God, and as God. Does that make sense? Yes, perfectly. Okay. All right. So, so, so... You know, what I, what I would say would be don't wrestle with the semantics. It's a paradox. Mm -hmm. The issue comes into play is the only God that you'll ever know, truly know, is the God that you experience in your own soul. That's what you'll know. Not from outside of you. Not from something coming in to you, but something you let out. That's the key. And then once you start to more and more express it, then you'll start seeing God, not just within you and not just within other people, but in the divine harmony of, of the universe. In many things, you'll see the flower and you'll see God. You'll see you'll see the ocean and you'll see God. You'll look up in the stars and you'll see God. Not saying their God as the God. No more am I saying Karen by herself is the God. Expressions of God. And see, and that separates the ego from, you know, people jumping off the building. I'm God. And then they go splat. The ego's not God. The personality's not God. The finite human being is not God. The I am in you is God. See the difference? Mm, see, that's see, 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 yeah. because as long as, see, because. Because the human personality will say, Karen is God. Mm -hmm. But Karen, who is Karen? Who was Karen before she had a name? Who was Karen before uh, she had a gender? Who was Karen before she had a, a, a parents and a family and, and, and labels like jobs and, 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 and education and all that other stuff? You know, it's Jeremiah 1, 5 says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Who, who's that? Who's that person? That person who's that being. Before you had eyes, before you had ears, before you had skin, before you had a beating heart. Who's that? See, see, sooner or later you get back to I am. Mm -hmm. I am is God. What New Thought teaches you to do is get back in contact with the part of you that's changeless, that's eternal, that's permanent, that's always perfect, whole, and complete. And when you, the more you become aware of of that which in you that is complete, the more that completion expresses in your life is health, peace, prosperity, loving relationships, and well-being. That's that's the whole thing. You're not gaining anything. You study all of this stuff. You listen to all these CDs and down read all this stuff. Listen to downloads and listen to these shows to get back to the beginning. I am that I am. That's the whole show. Okay? 
Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. God bless. Me too. Bye-bye. Now, back to the book. I mentioned in the, that the book states that judgment has rapid-fire action. So, in other words, when you start making judgments, it immediately colors your consciousness. So it's very important that you judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment, because whatever you judge, you also give meaning to. You decide this is good for me, this is bad. And believe me, you do it all the time because everybody does it all the time. We're always evaluating something up or down. And the book says it this way. It says. Jesus warns us, warns us of the special nature of judgment in the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew. Judge not that you will not be judged, and with what measure you meet, it will be measured to you again. So whatever you judge, in reality, you are judging yourself. The warning is well taken. Don't be too quick to judge someone negatively because you are judging yourself. The negative behavior has only released a bad feeling that you had about yourself all along. Now, what does that mean? I don't want you to miss that because that seems very esoteric. Reverend Coleman used to tell us, you can't see anything in someone else that's not already in you. In other words, you can't recognize it. I like to explain it this way. If a person comes up and starts speaking a language, say a person understood, speaks Russian, and they start to use profanity against you, but you don't understand Russian, you might sit there and just nod your head and smile, not knowing what they're saying. You're only insulted if you understand it. But if the, the ability to speak Russian is not in you, you can't be insulted. Just like when you see things that, that, that upset you, because you can only be upset when you have an awareness of what that means. That's not a judgment on ourselves or them. It's just we can't be frustrated or upset by that which we don't comprehend. And then when we comprehend, we give it a meaning. And that, I'm not saying that that's bad either. It just is. We put labels on things. It just is. And that's key to understand. All right. All right. It goes on to say on page 24, because I'm running out of time now. Uh, I've taken so much time with, uh, on my second part preaching to you all. The other purpose of the incredible gift of judgment is the drawing upon spirit for guidance. Consciousness building comes through choice making, and you do not grow spiritually until your choices are based on spiritual guidance. That's key. Consciousness building is, comes through choice making until you start to choose, which also means you're taking responsibility for your life through your choices. And until your choices are built on spiritual principle and spiritual guidance, you're not necessarily evolving spiritually. We have to start making choices based upon our spiritual guidance, not just our human intellect and our memories, our feelings, our emotions, our prejudices, our biases, our culture, our nationality, our ethnic background, our gender, our age, our politics, etc. But on spirit. That's key. On spirit. All right. All right. One last thing. Page 25. Now let us look at the source of your gift of judgment. Divine mind is all intelligence. And when this intelligence affects the world, it comes through mankind as judgment. Here is a very important point. The exercising of judgment is a thinking process. But drawing upon judgment is a feeling process. Your message from God will come through your feeling nature as a yes feeling or a no feeling. This positive or negative feeling that comes from within is called intuition. Your intuition will never fail if you steer yourself to divine judgment and allow the discerning, evaluating, and decisioning processes to begin. Now, that's key. The exercising of it is thinking. But the gathering of that intuitive knowing, that wisdom, is a feeling thing. So I think I've given you enough to really work with it, study the book, work it out. I've run out of time for today. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. 
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts. 